Welcome to the Gifted in Real Life podcast, where we discuss all things gifted learning, whether you yourself are gifted, you're parenting, counseling, or helping to launch someone gifted. This is the place to discuss your journey without the fear of judgment. I insist that you relax and enjoy the show. You know, a part of my mission for doing this podcast podcast, is to raise awareness to this thing called giftedness. And I really want to help take away the stigma that people um, can bring to that word because, I mean, I've seen teachers be resentful of kids who are gifted or kids who, like at school, a teacher sometimes is the last one to know. They could be, they could miss everything. Uh, or they could be the first to know. It just depends. And a part of the reason why that, and it's it's such a travesty, uh, but a part of the reason for that is because um, at most colleges, when you go through a teacher education training program, they might mention, you might get a mention about what giftedness is, but not too much more than that, unless it's a, 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 an exceptional school. Um, you don't even get a lot of training on special education when it comes to understanding learning disabilities. I went through a teacher education program and I was only required to take one class in special ed. And to be honest with you, it was an elective. I could have taken something else, but I chose it because I wanted to know. Um, And even when you get into a district, you might have some meetings where they go over things with you, but it's nowhere near what it should be. Um, I don't think the teachers are adequately trained on how to participate in an IEP meeting. A lot of them come with this energy that doesn't serve them well, and it certainly doesn't serve the family well. And what I mean by that, and I'm not saying that this is every teacher's case, please understand that. It is not, but there are too many people, too many parents who dread going to an IEP meeting and too many teachers who do because they don't have the right intention and expectation and the foundation laid. It should be a much more productive meeting. It should be something that like, there should not be this unnecessary tension. What should happen at those meetings is that there should be um, the gaps that the child is having trouble with should be identified and uh, ways to accommodate that child should be listed. And there should not be a fight on what those should look like. And a lot of times I think that um, adults misunderstand something about kids, especially kids who might have any sort of a learning deficit. Nine times out of 10, they don't want the extra help. They don't want the attention. They don't want the acknowledgement that something is not quite right. They don't even want it. But some teachers want to hold back helping a kid because they don't want to give them um, a break. They don't want them to cheat the system or anything like that. And it's just such a shame because that's an opportunity to, to coach a kid on how to be able to cope in life for anything that they may not fully master just yet or anything that they have some growth in, that's a perfect opportunity for a teacher to help a kid um, to spread their wings and fly. But that's not how it's often perceived. Um, So 
There are resources available. And what I would say to parents, when it comes to your child, it is you really do need to study them. You need to study their personality. You need to study their learning style. You need to find resources that are available to you. There are a lot. There would be some in the school district, in the community. If you don't have a test, an evaluation done for your child, whether you think they're gifted or not, you should, because you want to know how to help them. And what I would do with that information is teach my child how to advocate for themselves. You're going to have to advocate for them until they develop that skill. And so they're going to have to learn how to learn outside of the school and outside of the classroom because they're there Monday through Friday um, for a certain amount of time, but that can't be the only thing that they learn about teaching and learning at school. It just can't. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but again, it's my opinion. Um, and I think that when kids can take their education into their own hands, then it can bring a lot of relief for them because school is stressful, especially nowadays for the kids. Teachers feel like they um, can't focus on what they really love to do because they have to do all these administrative things. And that's true to some degree. But um, if a kid can take some responsibility and be able to learn for themselves like that's an opportunity to coach a kid on how to do that instead of I think a lot of times teachers are still too punitive when it comes to um, learning and, and the kind of feedback that they give and get from their kids is just too punitive and if you thought about it in a real world context let's just say for example you have a job as an adult and you call in sick and you happen to be sick enough to be out for two days. Um, and most places, those two days that you're out, your boss doesn't expect you to do what you would be doing at school. I mean, at work at the same time, but there are plenty of teachers who treat their students that way. Like they weren't even sick, like they weren't even out. No grace period to make up whatever it is that you missed. When you come back, I want everything that you were supposed to have done. That makes no sense. And that's the wrong message. Um, so these are just some things that I wanted to sort of bring to the forefront about this podcast. Because like I said, this is a safe place for um, people to, I want this to be a safe place for people to come and be able to talk about um, about their struggles and their wins and their successes when it comes to um, being gifted. You know, some of the good things that happen is that when you find it the right kind of school environment for your child, whether it's um, a public school with a strong gifted program that allows the kids to be in that environment throughout the day and they have teachers who are properly trained, that's wonderful. If it's that your child is homeschooled and you're able to work with them and create that individual learning plan for them, that is awesome as well. Or even if you find like a private school that understands gifted learners and they have a program that's designed to help them be successful, that's great as well. The thing that I wanna talk about is when it comes to gifted learner learners, I am a huge advocate of teaching them entrepreneurship. And when it comes to teaching them entrepreneurship, I mean the whole gamut, because gifted learners tend to focus on things that they are interested in, and that's great. 
And I think that the reason entrepreneurship is something that should be considered for them is because usually they become an expert at something um, way before, you know, someone who is not typically um, one to be described as gifted does. And so like they could be an expert at something, um, I don't know, uh, working with albino snakes or whatever, doing, you know, marine biology, whatever it is that they're interested in. And we know how unique and creative they can get. So let's say that they master this thing at a young age and they are gifted enough to finish school, you know, before they're 18, even if they are still in school, wouldn't it be awesome if they could take that interest and that passion and monetize it and just live their life? Well, they can, and I think they should, because that's how we get people like um, Mark Zuckerberg and Oprah and Barack Obama and um, um, Elon Musk. And I'm not talking about any of these people from a, polit a political perspective. I really don't care about that. I'm talking about their ability to find their purpose and to sit in it and to pursue something that that they were not forced to um, like fit into. If you're like to be a square peg in a round hole, they weren't. They probably if they were forced into those things, they overcame it and found their passion, and they've changed the world with it. And these are the people that these gifted learners are the kids that I'm talking about who. Um, are sometimes the ones who do that. Now, I also want to say that just because someone is identified as a gifted learner, you have a high IQ, you're a quick learner and all of those things. I, I don't think that that means that you're automatically going to be successful in life, whatever that definition is. And for the sake of um, everybody understanding what I mean when I say successful, um, today, what I'm talking about is you have the ability to pursue a life and a career that has purpose and meaning for you, and you can take care of your family from a financial perspective, and you're not struggling with that, like at all. It is possible to live a life of financial freedom and do something that you love and be a great person. And that's what I'm talking about, because I want to see these kiddos live their best lives. And where I was going with that is if you're not a gifted learner, you can be someone more successful than someone who is gifted. I think some of the keys are identifying what it is that you want to do with your life and working towards that consistently. I think consistency is more important than how smart you are, because if you can't get anything done, you're not going to have success. And that's a skill that needs to be developed, which brings me to a topic that I would like to touch on. There's so many here. I want to talk about executive function. And a lot of people have never heard those two words together. Or when you do hear it, it means something to you that something different than what I'm talking about in this context. Executive function has to do with one's ability to get things done, like, and done on your own in a succinct and timely way. Just, for example, um, when you get up in the morning to start your day, like, there's a certain time that you need to get up. And within that, the time that you get up, a lot of us, we use an alarm clock. I do. Um, so you need to get up by a certain time and within the time that you get up, you get yourself ready and out the door. Like there are a lot of things that 
need to happen. And sometimes people are late everywhere. Have you ever known someone who's late everywhere or someone who never has everything that they need? Like they um, are disorganized or maybe you have a kid who does their homework. It takes them a long time. They get it done. And then the next day they don't even turn it in because they left it at home on the kitchen table. Those have to do with executive function skills. And if you're weak in that area, that's okay. A lot of people are, but especially some people who are gifted, I mean, can be very messy and still like have it all together in your mind, like what you need to know and what you need to do, but playing out physically, things could be all over the place. And so you have to work on those skills to develop them until they become automatic. And so like, that's something that can be overcome over time. It's not gonna happen overnight. It is something that you need consistency with. And the reason I brought up consistency and I brought up executive function skills is because as parents of gifted learners, remember at the beginning, I said that there are people who are gifted and don't know it, or they might have a child who's gifted and they don't know it because a lot of people think, the gifted people are just perfect, like superheroes, like Superman. They can get up, get it done, and everything is easy. That is not the case. Not the case. There's a difference between someone who is bright and someone who is gifted. And the people who are bright, like the straight A students, and some gifted kids do make uh, straight A's. A lot of them do. But many of them don't. And some of them don't do it on purpose because they don't want the pressure they don't want the expectation. They don't want the stigma. They just want to fit in with everyone else. So a lot of different things going on there. Um, but where I was going with the executive function thing is, is I think it's a good example of how you can take a deficit and make it work for you. And so what you can do is, let's say you need to get up at six o'clock in the morning and you need to be in your car driving out of the door by 6.50. Well, create a checklist of all those things that you or your child needs to get done before you can get out the door. And on the weekends, rehearse it with them. Yes, rehearse it and start it when they're in elementary. And don't think that this is going to be something that will be over and they will have mastered in a week, a month, or even a year. This may take you their whole um, school career while they're at home with you. And then one day it'll kick in because it needs to become autom automatistic, like it needs to become automatic. So you can just put those um, steps in place for yourself or your child to help them to master that. Um, like, for example, if you want them to be better with chores, put it in writing, show it to them. And again, when you know how they learn best or how they get things done best, then you can adjust accordingly. You may write this out. You may write it out with a check mark, um, a blank for them to put a check mark. You may write out the task and put a picture out beside it. Whatever works for them is what you need to do. And you have to give them and yourself a lot of grace because this is a marathon and not a sprint. I think that um, we become even more so of a caregiver when our kids have some unique needs like this because it can be very draining to have a child who's gifted. and. It, and nobody should feel bad about saying that because it's the truth. You have a lot to do for them and with them and to teach them um, outside of what a neurotypical child might experience. As a gifted child, let's say you have 
you go through the, you go to the traditional school and you have homework to get done. Let's say you're done with that, but your kid needs something more. You're the parent. You have to figure out what to do to stimulate your child. And you're going to experience times when people on the outside looking in don't understand this journey. And they're going to think that you are forcing your child to be an overachiever when it's your child who's leading the way, but they don't know that and they're convinced that it's you or you are going to say something that your child did that's extraordinary. And for you, it's nothing, it's common, you see it a lot, but for them, their child has never done it and they're gonna think you're bragging and they're not gonna be able to take it. And you're gonna have to decide, you know, how you want to deal with those things, but you have to know that you haven't done anything wrong. It's very natural for a mother or a father to talk about their child and their stages of development. Uh, but when you get into a situation where the things that they do are uncommon and people can't handle that, then you just have to, you know, be an adult that day and say, you know what, is this going to serve me mentally or not? And you may choose to continue to talk about those things, or you may just choose to talk about them with people that you know that you can trust and that you'll be safe with to have those conversations because it's going to happen. Um, so um, what I wanted to do today was to just sort of get more into the reason behind why I started this podcast. And I will have subsequent conversations about different topics um, and just about this even more so today. And I will continue to have guests on as well. Um, so I am getting to the point where we're going to be closing today, but I, I do want to share a little bit about, I, I mentioned that I'm a coach for parents who have gifted learners and you wanna homeschool them. There's a lot going on right now. Um, a lot of talk about mandates, a lot of talk about virtual learning, and this might be an opportunity for you to try to homeschool your child if you're interested in that. Um, and what I would say is know that there are resources available. Like there are people like me who are available to help you, who can answer your questions, to help you to feel confident about your decision and to help you to feel confident about what you do to help you choose curriculum, um, teaching strategies, just those sort of basic things that you need to feel comfortable and confident on this journey. And so if you are interested in that and you would like to work with me, then you can contact me directly through my website at 180education.com. And that is 180 spelled out along with education. Um, and I would like to thank you all for listening today. And I look forward to our next conversation about all things gifted learners and educating and helping to launch gifted learners. Thank you so much.